Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Oh, it's time to get social and social studies. Sarah Cazell's here to take us through it. Take it away, Sarah. All right, let's do it, friends. We were just talking about Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray in the last segment, who's going to be a more viable starter against the San Francisco 49ers, not just based on skill, but more so based on health and availability. Uh, But we're going to start with this open-ended question going back to Sunday's game, Sunday's win over the Rams. Guys, what are the biggest pointers or lessons you think Kyler Murray can take away from what Colt McCoy did on Sunday? Whether it's his performance yeah. or, you know, the, the leadership around I, I would say that if you're Kyler Murray and you don't like to get hit by opposing pass rushers, get the ball out on time quickly. Bang, bang, bang. See how that works out for you. For me, it's calm the bleep down. There was a couple times where things didn't go right in the passing game. The shot would go to Colt McCoy. And he didn't have that look of like, what the hell's going on out here? There was a, there was a calmness yeah. to, to all of it. And I think when that doesn't exist to a, to a you know, consistent level, it can kind of filter throughout the team. Totally. Um, so, you definitely absorb the energy of your teammates. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer um, that in whatever you do and whatever relationships you're in, there's a lot of power in the words, my bad. Mm. My fault. Yes. Something like that. That's on me. Something like that. And, you know, I, I'm not, we're not privy to every conversation Kyler Murray has on a football field in a locker room, but the ones that have become public, we don't hear a lot of that. So right. that's that's one of my takeaways. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, let's get to some of our listener responses. Frank Lopez says, the biggest thing Kyler Murray can take away from how Colt played on Sunday, make the best of whatever your situation is. Fight through any apprehension because the game plan can work if you work with it. Bruce Hermy says uh, he wants Kyler Murray to learn about in-game emotional management and leadership. Joshua Ashenbrenner says, I don't think Kyler can take anything away from how Colt played on Sunday or what he did on Sunday. He says Kyler has a belief in himself. I don't think he's willing to adapt. That carries the ring of truth to me. Yep. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, and then last one from Gerard Sign. He says, pass to other receivers, like distribute it a little bit more, and be patient. And then he used the hashtag Bird City Football. God bless you, Gerard. All right, let's get to our next question. It's a lie. <laughs> it's not like that. Uh, LeBron James to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, wow, I know. Uh, it's, it has been a hot topic of conversation the last 20-ish hours after Jay Williams from ESPN came on Wolf and Luke yesterday and kind of out of the blue was like, by the way, I think LeBron James to the Suns could be a, a, a positive for this team looking to get over the hump in the chase for a championship. So we're just asking for your general thoughts. Is that a yes? Is that a no? If yes, who would you be willing to give up or yeah. for the Suns to give up? I'm going to pass. I I am not a LeBron James fan, and I, I don't – I wouldn't want the way it was perceived – that LeBron James came in as the savior and led the Suns to a championship. That's not that's not it for me. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I mean, he's a, a, just a tremendous 
basketball player. If we're talking about next year, he will be the leading scorer in the history of the NBA. So wild. Uh, by next year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for, for Suns fans who have waited for 55 years for a championship, if the first one came because they went out and got LeBron, yeah, you'd have a ring, you'd have a parade, you'd yeah. have all that pride, but you'd be like, but but really? So you, I think Lakers fans feel that to an extent. Still, they won the bubble championship with LeBron at the height of his powers. And, you, and there's a lot of about? there's a lot of Lakers fans who haven't embraced that totally. Lakers fans have People, no shame. What are you? Nobody even about? showed up to their parade. That's not true. I know Lakers fans that what? still are not on board with LeBron. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's a fundamental disconnect. LeBron feels that he's sort of done his duty. by by bringing the Lakers a championship, and Lakers fans are like, "Dude, you are no Kobe." Yeah, that, 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 and LeBron would really push back on yeah. that. But Lakers fans would be like, "Oh, oh one? <laughs> That's cute." Why? Yeah, thanks. Well, why would you feel differently though if it was Kevin Durant who came and brought the Suns a championship? Because he's not LeBron. <laughs> I mean, it's a silly I, answer, but that I, I listen. I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Kevin Durant, but I don't yeah. I don't loathe him the way that well maybe I do. I <laughs> don't know if I would feel differently, Jarrett. I I don't know if I'd feel differently either. Okay, let's get to some of our listener responses. How would they feel about LeBron James potentially coming to the Suns? LeBron and Chris Paul writes Dutch. He says being a thousand years old together is not scaring any team out there, and it's definitely not winning a championship. Rachel H. says, I find it funny how many people were riding so hard for the KD trade all offseason using the we need him to get a ring argument. But the line in the sand is somehow LeBron James. Well, it, listen, it, it, we're sports fans. We don't always have to make sense. No, but the difference is Kevin Durant made it known. I want to go to Phoenix. That changes the picture a little bit. So yeah, what if that's LeBron true. says, I want to go to Phoenix? And, and it was we'll co- jump off that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> and it was, yeah. And and it came after a you know a, a very very bad off season experience. Yeah. And suddenly in the middle of summer, Kevin Durant. You go back and look at those reports. There were people saying this is going to happen in the next twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was being reported. It's as a done that deal. Close. It's yeah. a done deal. Yep. Uh, Brandon, last one for that question. He says, "Why not give it a try, LeBron to Phoenix? They're not winning a championship with this current roster." Mm. Now there's that too. I mean, it's I'm, yeah, it's very conflicting. It is. It's certainly is. All right, Dan Bickley, you mentioned earlier in the show when we were talking about this Suns-Warriors matchup tonight, Clay Thompson apparently is losing $20,000, or excuse me, $20 million. 20000 What does yeah. Clay care about $20,000? $20 million worth crypto. of crypto <laughs> with the, the FTX crash this week. I guess Andre Iguodala is in a similar situation. He took some of his Warriors' salary in crypto. We've asked Odell our, Beckham Jr. is still getting paid on his last contract in crypto. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Still not getting paid in crypto. Well, that's right, true, exactly. technically. Uh, no, we're, we're good for it. Trust us. Uh, last question is, what is the dumbest thing you've ever invested money in? I'm not an investor, but I think it was a gym membership. <laughs> oh, wait. You're, you're looking at this chiseled oh, physique saying, Vince, uh-huh. what are you talking about? You specimen. <laughs> Uh, the only exercise life, I actually got from this gym membership, and this was years ago, uh, was carrying around the extra weight that the key tag. Uh, <laughs> one of my key Funny you should say that because I had this. I had a similar experience. I signed up to a gym in a suburb of Chicago where I lived, and I showed up like a week later, and everything was gone. Uh, every bit of the requ- it was just what? gone. 
right? And I'm like, I have just been done swindled here. <laughs> and, and fortunately for me, I got the job in Arizona literally like a week later. So I would have foregone that membership anyways. Yeah. But had I not, I would have just been, yeah. Yeah, they swindled a lot of people. It's funny that, wow. that we share that. That's brutal. What's the, what's the message, Vinny? Don't join a gym! Uh, That's right. Get work, to the gym, Jared. Work out on your own. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, go out into the woods. <laughs> Fight a bear. I don't know. Uh, FTX, Just Jen is hurting this week. Just Jen invested in FTX. Uh, sorry. Uh, Cooper says, I went to the Suns Game 7 last year. That was a bad, bad investment. investment. Yep. Kyler's study buddy, hot dog straws, never took off the way they should have. <laughs> I agree with that. Meat spoons. Meat spoons. You invest in that, Jared? How does crypto disappear when it's all make-believe anyway? Just make uh, build, just uh, just uh, make up uh, just make up new crypto yeah, and give it back to the people. Just make up its value that's every day. That's make great. it go higher. Yeah. yeah, some really good responses. Some also depressing responses on yeah, Twitter. Lots, lots of relationship stuff erotic. going on. Yes. Yeah, lots of pain we've inflicted today. Thank you, Indeed. Sarah. Thank you. That's social studies coming up next. Our weekly NFL visit with Mark Schlereth. It's Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop EarnhardtFord.com. Yeah, it's that time. We talk NFL with Mark Schlereth from NFL and Fox 104.3. The fan and the man they call Stink joins us now here in the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, just when we thought they were out completely, the Cardinals pulled us back in somewhat with a win over a depleted Los Angeles Rams team. They're 4-6, and six, Mark. Uh, they haven't been very good this year, but when you look at the landscape of the NFC, you can't eliminate them, can you? Uh, well, I can, but uh, you guys got to keep hope alive. I, I, I mean, I can, I can eliminate. Hey, listen, they're a talented football team. They really are. They're a, they're a talented football team. They've got a lot of talent that's going to keep them in close games and uh, against good teams. They'll lose those close games. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that's you know that's the way I think they're built. So um, yeah, but you know, keep hope alive. Maybe they'll catch on fire, and uh, maybe good things will happen. But I just again, you know, I look at that offense, and I think there are some things um, that are elementary to the NFL that don't exist in that offense, and therefore, I don't think you can consistently win games. Um, by by playing like by by being part of an NFL offense, it, it like you can't consistently hope to win games when you're relying on big plays, mm-hmm. when you're relying on off schedule plays, when you're relying on your quarterback to scramble around and make fourteen guys miss, and then chuck one down on a fifty fifty ball and D hop to go up and get it, and then shake loose from a tackle and score a touchdown. Yep, that that's not an offense, that's a wing and a prayer. And you cannot win in this league when you operate structurally in that realm. 
That is very well said. Now, coming out of last week's game, so Colt McCoy comes in, and it was more of the dink and dunk, and they were playing a Rams team that disengaged very, very quickly and, and clearly didn't have enough quarterback to pose much threat, so, so we need to recognize that. But the ball came out very quick with Colt McCoy, and they got a victory. Do you think? How do you think that's playing in the locker room um, for guys who, who may be tiring of the other guy or or maybe just want to want to keep that kind of mojo going? How does that play out in an NFL locker room typically? Well, I think I think you look at it and you say, "Hey, man, if we could be on schedule more and we could play a little bit more like this, the ball's out quickly." Like there's like the one thing you want to be able to do is mitigate the the disaster that is playing up front and throwing it 42 times, right? Yep. And there are different ways to do that. Um, one of the ways that you do that is you you run the football and you consistently run the football, and then you set up your play action, you know, your run action stuff. So run I, I, I categorize play action in two categories. There's play pass and then there's run action. So it's you fake the handoff, every guy's coming off like it's a run, and then you set up and you throw the ball, right? That takes pressure off you as an offensive line. Then the play pass stuff is where we keep seven guys in and we're running, you know, we're running um so we're running you know, two and three man route combinations out of that. That's that's the play pass stuff. And then, you know, the screens and the bubble screens and the things of that nature. So can I take if we're gonna throw it thirty five times, can I get that down to about twelve times where my offensive line has to hold up? And if you can structure it that way, you can be pretty good. Right, and Colt McCoy gives you that because the quick pass, hey man, if I know the ball's out on a five step drop and I can actually upkick or, or be aggressive on a five-step drop, that's just another tool in my tool belt to help me win. But like those are the things that don't happen when your quarterback says, no, nah, I don't see that or I don't want to throw that, and I'm going to scramble around and try to make a bigger play. Uh-huh. Um, because it's very hard to stay on schedule that way. Yeah. We saw, uh, we're talking with Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver, as we do every Wednesday. Um, Even though it's only one game with Colt McCoy, everything was structured, it was smoother, but one thing was still lacking, and that was the presence, Mark, of an on-schedule big play. The Cardinals have been notoriously bad at creating big plays down the field. Um, I think their longest pass through 10 games is 38 yards. Is that a, a, a function of design? Is that the the quarterback's responsibility? Is that just a, an offense or play caller and quarterback combination being too uh, deferential to what the defense is doing? A combination of all of those things? I, I think yeah. we're seeing it somewhat league-wide, but it's, it's kind of frustrating to watch. Yeah, well, league-wide, you've got to understand that everybody's playing more of a shell, you know, cover four, cover, you know, cover six, so they're more of a shell defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're basically saying you got to throw it underneath and we're going to rally up and make tackles. And uh, we don't believe that you can put eight or ten plays together without shooting yourself on in the foot, without having a holding call or without having a an offsides or an illegal man downfield, right? And defenses are right for the most part. <clears throat> like, and the illegal man downfield is like the, the number of penalties and the RPO yeah. game with those guys getting down the field uh, is ridiculous. Um, like, we, we, I think through seven weeks, we already surpassed the number of those penalties we had all last season. <laughs> so, you know, you're always first down at 15, and that's a hard that's a hard place for an offense to operate. So that's, you know, that's a real issue. Um, I think 
I, I really think that being in shotgun, the majority and all these offenses that have tried to transition to be in shotgun, one, you eliminate 30, 40% of the runs that you have. The play action stuff, uh, like from shotgun, several things happen to you as a defense. Shotgun, when I hand the ball off in shotgun, it takes about two tenths of a second or so longer for the back to get to the line of scrimmage. So my O-line has to hold up for two tenths of a second longer. It also allows the defense to play from high to low, meaning your linebackers can get another yard, yard and a half, two yards of depth. So you're already taking away you know, the, the high-low reads that you try to get everybody engaged in. You've already eliminated part of that through alignment. Mm. So it, it eats up some of your passing game, and we can still play the run because we can see it from being a yard or, or, or two yards back further. We can see it. Then the other thing that happens in, in shotgun is you never turn your back as a quarterback to the defense. Yes. When you turn your back to the quarterback of the defense, all of a sudden the ball is hidden. Yeah. Is it a handoff? Is it not a handoff? It makes dudes react. It makes them stop their feet. And when they stop their feet, that's when I get a post snuck behind a safety, and that's where we score on the big play. Because we ran the ball, we got under center. You know, the other thing that you never get in shotgun is you never use snap count as a weapon. Snap count is a weapon. It's a weapon. And you can use it to your advantage if you're under center. When you're not under center, when you're in shotgun, the only thing snap count, the only thing you do is, is the only thing snap count does is, is get the ball snapped. It's not a weapon. Yeah. I can't use it in shotgun. So there's just a, there's a lot of things that, that to me are endemic problems in the NFL as far as offense is concerned because we have adopted this shotgun everything college scheme. Um, in a lot of places. I'm seeing it here yeah. in Denver. It's, it makes me want to puke. Yeah, and so, we, we, um, we're living anyhow, it here, too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of inherent problems um, with the way that, that NFL offenses try to run everything out of gun. All right, speaking of Denver, how crazy is it getting around your football team? <laughs> Dude, it's unbe- it's, it is unbelievable. And then with Jeff Saturday getting hired, I mean, there's like a campaign to get me as the head coach of the Denver. I'm like, I'm not lobbying. I've got, I like, I, I have plenty of jobs. I'm not lobbying. Nathaniel Hackett's a buddy of mine, but I'm like, I'm not lobbying for a job. I, I just, it's unbelievable what's going on here. Well, we know they take their football pretty seriously in Denver, so we'll definitely take your word for it. Yeah, Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. All right, guys. Be good. Thanks, Mark Slareth, NFL on Fox 104.3, the fan in Denver. He gets to stay home to do the Denver game uh, this this week, so we'll maybe have some more thoughts on the Broncos next Wednesday. Uh, coming up next, uh, before we head to the break, Jared's got to spin some sort of wheel or, or something. No? Oh, <laughs> 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 
Ask me anything. It's all right. I forgot about mustache yesterday. Uh, Ask me anything. Oh, you weren't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me anything is next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome on back to the show. We are Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to ArizonaSports.com. That is our fabulous website to look at our poll question. Hey, here's something we haven't pondered yet, guys. Who should the Cardinals start on Monday? <laughs> Colt McCoy or Kyler uh, Murray? It doesn't say anything about injuries, so... Let's go to the results. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to place a vote for Kyler. Okay, eighty-three percent of our voters say Colt McCoy. Yeah, okay. eighty-three percent. Yeah, Colt that's that's start. really in alignment with what I just kind of ran into yesterday, just bouncing yeah. up about. Then he said it right. He's very, very, very polarizing. There's um, indeed. There's no such thing as a long-term quarterback controversy, but the fan base wants it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're pushing for it. Wow. Eighty-two percent. Eighty-three. Eighty-three percent. That's wow. unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, you could vote on that right now. Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Next question. Don't ask me any more questions about this. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> That's the dumbest damn question I've ever heard in my life. I swear to God. Oh, you haven't heard this segment yet, B.A. <laughs> we get a dumber one. It's everybody's favorite, we think. Uh, ask us anything. anything. Yes. It's an A-U-A instead of an A-M-A. Yeah. yeah. We and uh, Sarah. Good morning's anything. These there are you go. listener submitted questions for the show. And me and Sarah will alternate asking you the questions. Yes, we will. Let's start, Sarah. Okay, sure. This one's for you, Vince Murata, oh. from Nicholas. I remember Vince when he was on the Edges Morning Show ages ago. I was a big fan of him even back then. How does sports radio compare to the alt music format? And what did you like about the alt music format? Oh. Wow, that's a nuanced question. I feel, I feel like I've got a fan. You're so special. <laughs> um, not having to worry about sports was very nice. Being able to focus on being just a fan of sports, very nice. Um, getting paid to goof off for four hours every morning and that being part of the job description was nice. I didn't like hearing the same songs at the same times every day. Oh, sure. It wasn't perfect. Um, coming from the sports world alternative, you know, you had to fight that. Hey, what does this guy know? Sports guy doing an alternative music show. But it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it. I could never do it again. And I'm glad where really? I am now. Yeah. Huh. This question is for Dan Bickley. And it is from the the Dark Shaman. And he's wondering. <laughs> shaman. I like that. Shaman. Shaman, shaman. How did you originally get into sports media? And why did you get into sports media? Yeah, this I I had an epiphany at a young age where writing was was something I knew I was good at, something that came very natural and very easy to me, and I was just a sportsaholic. It's all I ever did all day every day, and I thought, "Hey, okay, if I'm good at writing and I love sports, maybe it would be a good idea to write about sports." And it was just very simplistic, but it, yeah. Did you work for your high school newspaper or anything? Or it, No, I, I don't, 
no, listen, uh, listen, in high school, and maybe it's not this way, there were things that you might want to do in high school, at least when I was growing up, but you didn't because you didn't want to. What a dork. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're right. So right. I look back now, I was like, it, when I was in high school, I looked at the drama program. I'm like, That's, who wants to do that? And okay. I'm like, that would have been awesome. I had a teacher who, who used to be in charge of the theater, drama, and. Hunting. Right. And so he's like, dude, you are so good. You are such a great actor. Come on out. I'm like, no, I will be brutalized. <laughs> I am not going to be a thespian. It's, that was a different world back then. It's also like if you look at the band and the drama you know, program, the theater kids, they are the ones that always get the bad rap. They're also the ones that always have the most fun with each Absolutely. other. They have a big group of Exactly. Uh, of Here, you know, here's one way to look at it. Bick, you're exactly right because I looked at stuff like that, school newspaper. Yeah, I'm not going to be cool if I do that. Exactly. You know what? I wasn't cool anyway. <laughs> I missed out on two opportunities. It's, it, it's so different now for yeah. kids in school. Yeah. It, it's there's it, 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 it's not as simple as jocks are cool and everybody else no, are you dorks. Know why is because we actually encourage kids to follow their passions now. It like, yeah. used to be like, that. what's your dream as a kid? Oh, I want to be an astronaut. You no, you don't. Be an astronaut, <laughs> you moron. <laughs> Get on that oh, little league team. <laughs> the moron cool anymore is like not actually cool. That's no, the case. Don't think it's, it's cool. Uh, yes, you're right about that. Yeah. Hey, Jared, speaking of uncool, question for you. Oh. <laughs> oh ruthless. <laughs> you are fantastic. It's all in on me. You this are week. fantastic. From Wiz of AZ, he says you've mentioned playing poker in the past. I'm curious how often you play and where. Um, I also want to hear your favorite poker story, he asks. I don't. I have not played in a casino since the pandemic, but I used to go a few times a year. And when I was a little younger, I used to go a lot to the casino and play a lot. And I mostly played uh, cash games. And I would in college, I would always play tournaments with my friends. But I used to play a lot of poker. The way you say a lot, was it kind of a problem? <laughs> right. It sounds like it is. A, a lot, a lot. It was not a problem until it started to become a problem. And then <laughs> the, a lot, the a lot became a few times a year. Okay. There we go. Good for you. Yes, good for you. That's good. You shark. Tremendous. Do you want to ask a question? I think my, my best question, my best story about poker, I don't think I could say in the air because I don't know the legality of what I did. That's why fair. don't we, why, you know what we should do? We should maybe, no, never mind. Never mind. I'm not, no? not going to bring okay. this up. We should I'm not incriminate gonna bring this ourselves. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, not going to bring this up. Share the worst thing you've done on the air. <laughs> Three, two, one. All right. No, I was going to say we should bankroll Jared to go see and see how he does, but oh, that's that's encouraging. No, we don't need no, to do that. No, I'd rather invest yeah. in FTX. The, talk yeah. about the stupid things you've invested in. There you go. Right. All right. While Jarrett scans for another question, this is a great one from Mary Rollins. It's for the group. But Dan and Vince, we'll start with you. Mary says, how do I figure out what to do with my life career-wise? I'm 29 years old. I've been through three different careers. I've got a bachelor's degree, but I'm completely lost. How do I figure out what to do? Oh, this is going to sound like dime store life coach kind of stuff. Figure out your passion. And try to look for adjacent careers to that passion. We're lucky because I would say, in general, the four of us yes. didn't have another career 
at first and then moved, finally found what we wanted to do. True. It was all some version of, of media, sports, and journalism. Let, and let's yeah. face it, when this ends for us, we're screwed. We're done. <laughs> we're absolutely unemployable. I mean, we can write books, but the three of us are done. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to rely on Jared's uh, Oh, I poker. can write books. The question is, does anybody read them anymore? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Vin, Vin, listen uh, Vinny is, is right. To be successful in anything, you have to have passion and you have to have ambition, which means you better be doing something you love because you will have neither. Can I add something to that, though? Uh-huh. It's not just about the things that you feel are your passion. You might have to learn to be passionate about something else before you find that career. Mm-hmm. Expand your passions as well. Yeah. Also, at 29 years old, you have to think about that's a, that's a very um, important time of change in your life where yeah. you're not living so fast anymore. You might be settling down a little bit. What kind of life do you want? What kind of things do you True. want afforded to you? You're exactly Is time right. more important? Yes. Is money more important? You're exactly right. Oh, that's exactly right. right. All right. Last one. There on you go, a- Mary. Fixed. On a lighter one, last one. One has to go. Italian food or Mexican food? No! One has to go? Absolutely not. Oh. That is... That's, oh. Talk about a Sophie's choice here. <laughs> I probably eat more Mexican food than Italian yeah, food. Yeah, uh, the Italian food has to go. <gasps> yeah, it's listen, I love it, but but I, I can't give up Mexican food. Chips and salsa. Burritos. That's a world I don't want to live in if I've got to make that choice. Yeah, it's tough. I stress myself out way too hard over those hypotheticals. <laughs> no one's actually making me pick, but I'm like, I don't know what to do. Speaking of food, Jared, I wanted to run this by you before <laughs> before we go to break. I, I, I heard, it, and and I'm not making light of this, but I heard, I actually read and heard of a soup that you would not like today. That I would not like. That I you bet, would not I like. Bet you would. Yeah, and, and this is in reference to a the father of a Marine who has been in a penal colony in Russia. So this is oh. relating what... Brittany Griner's having to deal with. This was right from the story. The food that that they eat in those camps is mostly potato soup with crunchy bones that is so bad, stray cats don't eat it. Ah. Potato that, soup is delicious. The crunchy bones. Yeah, the crunchy great. bones. Yeah, what are what are those bones? What what are they doing in a potato soup? I don't know. Not a lot of bones in potatoes. Maybe in Russia. I thought you were going to say something with borscht related. Oh, that was my grandfather's favorite kind of soup drink. Yeah, borscht soup drink. Cold, cold beet soup. That's right. Cold Ugh. beet soup with a little sour cream. Whoa. What do you think of it? A little side of not bones? my not my no. cup of tea. I'm too not my cup, not of your cup of soup. <laughs> I'm a big borscht person. Are you? You are big, big borscht. Borscht, baby. <laughs> She's got that borscht belt on. <laughs> You're just bowing to big borscht over there. I know I know how you operate. That was a very enlightening edition of Ask Us Anything. Uh, some final thoughts coming up on this Wednesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with the whole crew here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Song of the day. Song 
of the day from Chicago. Chicago. 25 or 6 to 4, and we're playing it in honor of the free throw discrepancy the other night in Miami. Yeah. Hey, what was that free throw discrepancy? I don't know, 25 or 6 to 4, which is exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is the very first song that inspired me to play guitar, by the way. The solo at the end of this. Really? Yeah. Yeah, when I was just a little kid, I'm like, wow, that's cool. I want to do that. I still can't do it, but... Could, like it, that it's important to yeah. still have goals. Yes, it is. <laughs> also, uh, this reminds me, at this time of year, at 25 or 6 to 4, it is a long time until the break of day. Several hours. Spe- that is true. Now, speaking of Chicago, real quick, I want to get this out there. Did you see what Jim Irsay said about the critics who uh, of his hire of Jeff Saturday? He dropped the phrase, who you crapping? And a lot of people read. Yeah. He dropped the phrase, who you crapping? And I heard that that's a Chicago thing. And, and I hadn't heard that in forever. It is a Chicago thing because a lot of people tag Jared. Because like, oh, Jared, this is this is a phrase perfect for you. Mike Ditka on Chicago Sports Radio uttered that phrase completely nonsensical and it just became a thing. It became like Cam Johnson with us where the host would play it constantly. And I had not heard of it until yesterday. So is it like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Who are you crapping? Oh. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. We haven't heard that in a so minute. I just wanted to share that. It was, it was like, wow. So Jim Irsay obviously has a lot of history listening to Chicago Talk Radio. We had some guys just uh, crap their pants. <laughs> okay. All right, Vinny, take it away. You've opened up the crap door for Jarrett. <laughs> if you haven't, you know, crapped your pants at some point, I just, I think you're full of it. <laughs> All right. Long way to get back to the song of the day. 25 or 6 to 4 from Chicago. Chicago. and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com. Oh, a lot of sports viewing tonight. We got uh, Suns Warriors. We got the new episode of Hard Knocks. Not a lot of sleep coming for this show. But anyway, uh, v- Vinny Joe Trivia here on Off the Grid. Hard Knocks question for you. Uh, with uh, episode two premiering tonight, of course, we know that actor Liev Schreiber, who, by the way, did not come up in our discussion of who had the best speaking voice. That guy's voice is unbelievable. But he's handled all the voiceover duties on Hard Knocks except for one season. The 2007 uh, preseason edition of Hard Knocks centering on the Kansas City Chiefs, coached by Herm Edwards, had what popular actor pinch hitting on voiceovers for Liev Schreiber? I can give you a hint if you want. What year did Hard Knocks start? Do you 2001. Remember? Oh, my goodness gracious. And they, it had two seasons and went away for a while and then came back. Your hint is the guy who did the voiceovers on the Chiefs season is a huge Chiefs fan. Sorry, when I, did I'm you trying to remember. I, we this just talked one? about this. The, the celebrity fan of the Chiefs. Who is that? Well, it's Paul, Paul Rudd. Paul, but that's, Paul Rudd. That's that's oh, that's Wait, the answer. Is that really? Yeah, you want to hear what Paul Rudd sounds yeah, like absolutely. on Hard Knocks? For Gunther Cunningham, football comes first. The life of an NFL coach isn't easy. I'll tell you what. The hours are long. I've never seen anything like it. But Cunningham loves it. And the Chiefs. 
So much so that he's returned to the team that once fired him. Yeah, he's no Leo. Not as good, no. No, uh, you know what's funny is I found that part on YouTube and I had to edit it so much because Gunther Cunningham was spewing every expletive in the background. (laughs) Like, why is that so jumpy? Uh, That's that's why it's so jumpy. Uh, This came out today, just in the last 15 minutes or so. I guess uh, Jeremy Fowler might have said it on ESPN, but people are tweeting about it. But Kyler Murray could miss another week wow. or so. According or so? To her, or so was the how I saw it described. I haven't heard the quote. I haven't read a tweet from Jeremy Fowler. But there's other people saying that that was said. Either that, okay, that, that sounds to me that either that hamstring flared up after that Seattle game or this is just code for Kyler, chill out for a while. Yeah. We're not, not going to say we're, you're benching you, but... Hang on to the bye week. Yeah, right. Call me after Exactly. <laughs> Ruthless. You're on fire. On fire. Fire. That's that's me being the coaches. That's not me telling him to call me out. I would never do that. Right. Right. Of course. Sure he wouldn't. (laughs) Jarrett, you don't have a funny bone in your body. Sarah said so. That was, I, I think, the line of the year. Oh, That's going in the Can't end of year montage. Can't Love be top. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of uh, audio real quick, did you hear John Tortorella, the coach of the Flyers, in his in-between periods interview? Torch, you guys give up the first goal. Just just thoughts on your team's start here so far in the first 15-plus minutes. We suck. We haven't forechecked. <laughs> we haven't done anything as of right now. What do you want to see differently? Forecheck. Thank you. Okay. Man, a few words. Thanks to uh, Al McCoy, Carlos Dansby, Mark Slayer. Thanks to you. We'll catch you tomorrow. Wolf and Luke are up next. Have a great day.